Welcome to Talkin' Truth with comedian Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy, and Pastor Brian Clark. Today they welcome their guest, Pastor Nat Crawford. There are challenges. There are scary situations. The question is, are we going to believe the world, the issue, the trial, or are we going to trust God? Absolutely. And and a big key to that is, and I know in my own life, you got to stay engaged. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life and having a little fun. Get her done. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Whitney. Most of you know me in the entertainment field as Larry the Cable Guy. But I'm doing a podcast with my buddy Brian Clark, Talking Truth, occasional guest, Nat's with us. Uh, And uh, he chimes in. But listen, this is a great podcast. We just want people to know that there's hope out there, and uh, Jesus gives them hope. Jesus is my Savior. I love Jesus. I'm a flawed individual. I don't know as much as Brian and Nat do, but I try to get as close to him as I possibly can. But that's what it's all about. Christianity is not a religion. It is following Jesus and his teachings. And there's no better people to teach me than Brian and Nat. By the way, I'm not wearing pants, but that's beside the point. Bear with me. Brian's going to give a little uh, talk here, and then we're going to chime in, and we're going to discuss it. You know, the bear with me, since you're not wearing pants, gives that (laughs) expression a whole new meaning, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes. I'm I'm shaving my legs, though. (laughs) All right. Okay. So one of my favorite old TV shows is Andy Griffith. And my main man is Deputy Barney Fife. He is a lawman driven by his insecurities and his fears. He's always trying to pretend to be something he's not. So here's my question. Are we so different? Insecurity and fear shows up in many ways. Like what about the fear of failure or the fear of not being good enough or pretty enough or smart enough? What about a fear of not having enough money or fear of disease or being abandoned? For many, fear ends up driving the bus. That's certainly true of Jacob. He was a man driven by his fears. He's learning and changing, but fear always seems to be lurking in the shadows of Jacob's life. In the last episode, Jacob finally seems to surrender to God, and his name is changed from Jacob which means deceiver or schemer, to Israel, which means God prevails. He finally gets it, right? Mm. Immediately after God changes Jacob's name, we are told that his brother Esau is coming out to meet him. The last time we saw Esau in the story, he was so angry with Jacob, he intended to kill him. Now, 20 years later, he's coming out to meet Jacob with 400 men. Jacob prepares for the worst, and goes out and bows before his brother. But what happens next is totally unexpected. His brother grabs him and hugs him and welcomes him home. As a matter of fact, Esau's response to Jacob is almost identical to how the father of the prodigal son welcomes back his lost son. In typical fashion, Jacob sent ahead lots of stuff to give to Esau, hoping to buy his favor. But Esau calls him out on it. Hey, what's with all this stuff you sent me, Jacob? I don't need any of your stuff. I just want you to come home. God had done a mighty work in Esau's heart. He was a different man. Jacob didn't need to try to buy Esau's favor. He just needed to trust God and his power to change lives. Once again, God showed himself faithful to Jacob. 
Esau offers to escort Jacob and his family home. Travel was dangerous in those days, and Esau's offer should have been well-received, but Jacob turns him down, claiming the people and the livestock, they're tired, and they need to go slowly. Esau then offers to leave some men with Jacob to protect them when they move slowly, but Jacob turns down that offer too. Hmm, what's he up to now? He tells Esau he'll meet him at home, but instead he travels the opposite direction. God told Jacob to return home to Bethel, which was south. He disobeys and goes north. On top of that, once again, he lied to Esau. He seems like the same old Jacob, lying and scheming. God changed his name to Israel, but throughout this chapter, he's still called Jacob because he's acting like Jacob. Whether the text calls him Jacob or Israel is determined in large part by how he's living. In this story, he's all Jacob. He still didn't trust that God had changed Esau's heart. He was still a man driven by his fears. He settles in Shechem, a decision he will regret for the rest of his life. The pattern seems to be Jacob fears, then he makes disastrous choices. Certainly those two things go together. I mean, think about the top 10 worst decisions of your life. It's likely all ten were driven by fear. Faith and fear, they really don't go together. If your life is driven by your fears, then it's not a faith. So what are the big issues in your life right now? How might fear cause you to make unwise decisions you'll regret later? I mean, what would it look like to have faith and trust God with those big issues? Really, can you trust God or not? Does God have a track record of blowing it or of being faithful? I mean, why can't you trust him? Fear or faith? It's up to you. We know God will be faithful. What about you? Let's bring in Dan Nat. Let's talk about this. Guys, the story of Jacob, it's crazy. About the time we think he gets it, His fears cause him to make another disastrous choice. Well, like we always talk about on this show, I'm so glad that there's these stories that we go back on because you see how flawed the great Mount Rushmore people of the Bible are just like me and you. They did dumb things, and Mm -hmm. they weren't exactly that smart sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that these stories are in here, especially Jacob. I mean— all the stuff that he was scared about and he has fears and he did his own thing. And, and in the end, he turns out now he's getting back. Like he said, now he's Israel. When you have full faith, when you really have your full faith that God's got it, you're not in charge. You're not a God. He's God. Hmm. And just when you give it all to him and you just let him take control, your fear starts to subside. Hmm. But I'm not fearful about a lot of things anymore because God is in charge, and I know he's in charge. So I can see why authoritarians and dictators and communist countries, they want to get rid of all forms of Jesus Christ and all forms of Christianity because it gives people hope, Hmm. and they don't want people to have hope. But I'm glad this story is in there because— 
I'm like Jacob, you're like Jacob. I'm sure Brian's been like Jacob. If you're not fully trusting God and there's parts of you that you haven't given to him, you are going to be fearful and you're going to be scared of things because you're not doing what he asks you to do. And you know if you're doing what he says or not because inside you can feel it. You know, it's interesting when you think about different people have different areas of their life where they seem to have a lot of faith, and then there's other areas of their life where they seem to have a lot of fear. Mm. And I think it's different for everybody. There's there's areas where we're really strong, right? but there's the enemy's pretty good at pushing buttons. Mm-hmm. Right. And once I think you're right. Once people are fearful, they're easy to control. Absolutely. And that but, isn't just governments. That's the enemy himself. Well, he's, absolutely. That's Satan himself. Who, yeah, yeah, actually, he's the architect. But yeah. when you have that hope and you're not fearful— Satan doesn't like that. Yeah. And all the ent- world entities that he has got under his control, they don't like it either. Yeah. Because you have that hope and you are not frightened. Yeah, you're not easily controlled or manipulated. Absolutely right? not. Not at all. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So I'm curious. I mean, <clears throat> you mentioned Jesus being such a revolutionary. He changes your perspective on religion, on life how you navigate the world today, but you're still not perfect, right? I mean, we all still struggle with fear. So for those of us in this room and many of those listening who do identify as Christians, they do know Jesus is the solution. There is no fear in death. Then why do we still struggle so much with fear? And why is it those areas that keep coming back? I mean, it's for me, the same things I've struggled with for 20 years that I give in to fear still the same thing. I know better. I've seen God's faithfulness, and yet it's it's a wash and repeat, wash and repeat, wash and repeat. Why is that? You know, well, to quote the great uh, theologian Josie Wales, <laughs> it's, it's not the dying that's so hard. For a lot of Christians, it's like, I'm not afraid to die, but it's the living that can be a challenge hmm. because we live in an uncertain world and, and you know, today we might all three sit here and say we're not afraid, mm. and then tomorrow the, the doctor tells us that our wife or our child has cancer or whatever, and there's emotions that are going to stir up, and now what do I do, and I didn't see that coming. So there's just a reality. It's a fallen right. world, and there's mm. a lot of stuff out there. Mm. Right. And so we got to keep challenging ourselves to, to learning and growing in order to trust God. Mm. Do you think part of it, too, is the worst-case scenarios that we imagine really aren't the worst-case scenarios? In other words, you know, you mentioned the health diagnosis. For a lot of us, we think death is like, oh, that's that, that's it. That really isn't the end of the story for us as Christians, right? No, not at all. And I think, I wonder if that's part of the difference, is I really knowing that the trials and tribulations we face today are real, but they do not define us, and they are no way too big for God. Yeah. I just read this week, 85, roughly 85% of the things we worry about never come to pass. Right. So it's like that's a lot of energy wasted on things that never come to be. Hmm. There's no shortage of things to worry about, hmm. but that's a, really, that's a really difficult way to live life. And, and it's a big distraction from being about the things that really matter. So part of this is about disciplining ourselves. 
to learn the truth, to understand the truth, to believe the truth, hmm. and then take our stand there. When you say 85% of the stuff you worry about doesn't come true anyway, but your mind is so powerful, you'll hear something, and then you'll go off on all these other things. And so now you're coming up with situations that would never, ever even. Mm-hmm. So you worry about that. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. And, I, and you know what? I was probably wrong to say I don't ever fear or worry about anything because obviously I guess what I meant to say is I'm not scared to die. I'm not worried about dying. I know where I'm going. But am I fearful about the future for my kids? Am I fearful about that stuff? Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely am. But I'm also saved, and I am also believe that Jesus answers prayer, and I also believe that Jesus is in charge. And so I'm very thankful for that. That eases a lot of it. All the stuff you see going on, and knowing what I know about Jesus and salvation and the gospel, the more I get close to that, the more the more I begin to hate all these things that are happening in the world because they're wrong. They're twisted and they're wrong and they're backward. And everybody sees it, but they always go, what's going on? <laughs> well, I know what's going on, you know? So I think that's a good thing that I can see all that. And that that kind of quenches my fear a little bit because now I know that since I'm hating these things and it's like, man, it means that I'm getting closer to God because he says you get closer to me, you're going to hate the things of the world. And that's absolutely true. So just to get practical with this, you can't just sit home and chew on a piece of leather and say, I won't be afraid, I won't be afraid, I won't be afraid. It just doesn't work. And one of the things... I've seen change a lot, so I've been at this about 40 years as a pastor, is the level of truth that Christians know and understand has diminished dramatically. Hmm. So I think that's part of the problem is a lot of Christians are fearful because they don't know the truth. You know, Jesus said, you shall know the truth, the truth will set you free. So what's also implied is if you don't know the truth, then I assume that's bondage, and fear would be a form of bondage. Hmm. Right. So it's like you have to open up the book and read it and figure out what's true, what has God said. Mm-hmm. Not only understand it, but choose to believe it. Well, I, I mean, hate to plug it, but I mean, here back to the Bible and the Center for Bible Engagement, I mean, we've discovered the power of four. When a person engages, in other words, reading, reflecting, responding, engaging in God's Word— four or more times per week, they will see a tangible difference in their life. In other words, right. knowing the truth and engaging with it will have a practical impact on our lives. And I think it's what helps shift. You use two terms, fear versus concern, right? right. Okay, fear overtakes, overwhelms. Concern recognizes the reality of the thing you're walking through. But when we know God and we know his word, we're able to like Psalm 23, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we'll fear no evil. Why? Because he is with us. When we know truth, when we stand on truth, when we engage in God's word, it centers us and it anchors us to navigate those hard situations because they are real. There are challenges. There are scary situations. The question is, are we going to believe the world, the issue, the trial, or are we going to trust God? Absolutely. And a big key to that is, and I know in my own life, you got to stay engaged. 
and I brought this up before, Brian. You probably get sick of me. You guys probably get sick of me saying this, but that I love the preacher, Billy Sunday, because mm. I love the name, Billy Sunday. <laughs> I wish my name was Billy Sunday. That's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, 15 minutes a day reading the Bible, 15 minutes a day praying, and 15 minutes a day just finding an opening and telling somebody about the gift you got mm. for 30 days will completely turn your life around. Mm. And it's true. So you got to stay engaged. If you don't stay engaged and you're just a wishy-washy person that, you know, just goes to church on Sunday because that's what you grew up doing, then you're always going to remain in fear. That's a fact. you got to stay engaged. Thanks for listening to Talkin' Truth. Dan, Brian, and their guest, Pastor Nat, will be back again next week. So don't forget to subscribe. And be sure to visit us at TalkinTruth.com. That's Talk, the letter N, Truth.com. Get it done.